for CISOs, CTOs, and cloud security architects across organizations of all sizes who are dealing with too many security products that are difficult for their IT and security teams to maintain and who need to simplify multi-cloud security for holistic visibility and end-to-end security to protect their cloud assets, Panoptica is the solution. Panoptica is the cloud native application protection platform, CNAP, solution. From development to runtime to seamlessly deliver end-to-end security for multi-cloud application environments to minimize risks with comprehensive visibility and prioritization. Unlike many siloed security solutions, Panoptica's CNAP solution provides a single context platform that consolidates risks from different risk engines. Only Panoptica equips developer and security teams with the ability to make informed decisions to achieve 100% visibility and remediation guidance with a new level of precision. Now teams can confidently scale across multi-cloud environments and reduce risks across their entire cloud application stack. Learn more about Panoptica today at panoptica.app. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to episode 406. This is Daniel Meisler. All right, so the thing I was most excited about this week, still excited, massively playing with this stuff right now, is the insane announcements from OpenAI. So I had a wish list uh, that I sent out Sunday night or Monday morning before we knew what was going to come out. And it was OS-integrated standalone AIs, like uh, like I talked about in uh, 2016 in uh, my book. And so this is essentially like my recent uh, TARS and Samantha AI configurations, which were done with um, custom instructions inside of the ChatGPT app. So it's like that, but I was hoping for something more like OS integrated, where like you could use the action button or something like that. It would just like have a lot of functionality there. So basically a, a computer system that could monitor human context, <coughs> intentions, commands, interpret them, and take action as well or better than a human professional personal assistant. That's kind of like my North Star of what I'm hoping to eventually get to. Next thing was I was hoping we would get tool use via API, larger context sizes, I said ideally 64 to 128, better dependable output, and updated training date. And I said if we get any three of these, I would be amazed and super happy. And guess what? We got how many? Like, we basically got the first one. Uh, Custom GPTs are pretty close. Not quite everything, but pretty close to the first one. Tools via API. This was... Uh, this is like partial, right? We didn't get browsing via API, so I guess we didn't get that one. Larger context, I said 64 or 128. We got 128. Dependable output, they fixed or didn't quite fix. They improved this quite a bit, and they improved the training date from September 2021 to April 2023. So, yes, I am, in fact, super happy. Um, And, yeah, I talked about it here. where basically um, I had screenshots of this Sunday night because that's when it rolled out to me in beta. And uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Both the GPTs, they also released this thing called Assistance. And both GPTs and Assistance have web browsing, 
image generation code interpreter, but also the ability to execute arbitrary APIs. So you could just, if you have access to an API, you have credentials, you could just plug that in. And um, they're actually partnered with Zapier. So basically anything that Zapier can do, a GPT or an assistant can now do as well. So that is absolutely insane. Getting into the show, um, so I got an essay here. Our personal assistants will soon be our interfaces to the world. And this is mostly about propaganda, influence, advertising, that sort of thing. And then how to lower your heart rate before public speaking. This is a pretty cool little hack. I'll just give you the hack right now. It's essentially to do Wim Hof breathing, one to three rounds of Wim Hof breathing. And what that means is you actually sort of hyperventilate for 30 breaths. That means as forcefully as you can all the way in, as forcefully as you can all the way out, and you kind of do that really fast. Not super fast, but pretty fast. It's more important that you do it uh, deep breaths. Um, and then the second most important thing is you do it fairly fast. So 30 of those, and by the way, you're going to get lightheaded. Um, when I was growing up, this was called hyperventilating, uh, which I guess it still is technically that, but anyway... You're going to do like 30 of those. You're going to get lightheaded because you're putting tons of oxygen into the bloodstream. And then on the last one, and by the way, sometimes I only do like 20. I don't always go to 30. But anyway, on the last one, you exhale, you push it all the way out, and then you hold. You hold for as long as you can. And then when you can't hold it anymore, you pull it all the way in, and you hold that for as long as you can. And once you let that one out, you've now done one cycle. And they recommend, or Wim Hof breathing is essentially three cycles of that. But honestly, one cycle with only like 20 breaths, honestly, is really good already. But um, I'll do two or three cycles sometimes if it's like a big talk or whatever, or if I just have extra time. And I don't only use it for speaking, I use it for other stuff too. But essentially, this solves one problem with public speaking is when you actually love public speaking, you love uh, getting out there and talking about stuff, you love doing all this. It's just that uh, right when you go on stage, you, your uh, heart rate speeds up, your everything speeds up and you get tense, right? You get overly excited. I don't even call this nervous. It's for me, it's not nerves. Nerves is like, I don't want to go up there. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. What what kind of mistake has me on this stage? I'm more like, I want to go on stage. I can't wait to tell people about this. But I get so excited. My heart is beating so fast. It tightens up your uh, voice. And more importantly, it makes you speed up, right? And oftentimes you just blow through things. You're not giving proper pauses. You're not really connecting with the audience because you're just overexcited. You, you might go too fast. So... Doing this beforehand will slow down your heart rate. And you could do it for anything where you just want to be calm and slow down your heart rate. You could do it for big conversations you're about to have where you, you don't want to be overexcited. You don't want to rush things. So anyway, that's that's what this one is about. All right, security news. So Russian attackers breached 232,000 DOJ and Pentagon email addresses. And this is through MoveIt, which is becoming like the new solar winds, basically. Uh, this one just keeps growing. And they got in because MoveIt uh, or because uh, MoveIt was basically on one of the vendors 
that uh, OPM uses for processing information. So it was a vendor of uh, the Pentagon and OPM, or the Pentagon and DOJ. And I think it was, well, OPM is like the vendor, and then it was one of OPM's vendors. So uh, almost like a supply chain attack, which it was. So 48 countries, including the U.S., are trying to agree to stop paying ransoms. And this is essentially the, the concept of, like, you don't negotiate with terrorists because if you do, they know they can get paid and therefore they'll keep doing it. So we had this policy. Uh, who knows when they started that? Um, like maybe um, in the 80s or the 90s. So who knows when they started? Maybe it goes way back further than that. But the idea is the government said never negotiate with terrorists. That will reduce terrorism because there's no money in it. Well, they're trying to do that for ransomware now. And uh, this is 48 countries, including the U.S., trying to get together to band together to say, we will not pay. And if everyone does that, well, then um, the idea is ransomware would slow down or stop because they wouldn't be getting paid. But the problem is people will continue to pay, <laughs> uh, you know, tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. And this system only works if everyone's doing it. So that, that's kind of the challenge here. But it's a good effort. And some Russian hackers got arrested by the FSB, which is basically like a Russian Secret Service for, not Secret Service as in protecting the president, but um, whatever, uh, cyber. It, the, the old KGB got arrested by some really nasty people in uh, Russia for actually helping Ukraine. They were actually taking down Russian critical infrastructure assets. So Russians going against Russia. So and they've been sent off to Siberia reportedly. And I just got done reading Gulag Archipelago. So they're not having a good time. I could tell you that. And this just goes to show that populations are not always aligned with the governments, right? And a good another good case of point for this is Iran and the Iranian government, right? Uh, a lot of people in Iran, especially in large cities, just absolutely hate the government and wish it was a lot more Western. Okta has reported yet another security issue, which brings the total for the year to way too many. So 5,000 employees alerted to data breach that exposed their personal information. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is pretty nasty, pretty nasty. And there's been multiple of these, right? I mean, we're talking about, is this four or five? I don't want to... I feel like it's more than two and less than like six. I, I don't know. I, either way, it seems starting to move into like a last passy type Mariotti type t mobile kind of vibe where it's like, why do we keep hearing about these? Now, I want to be fair to them. And it could be just that there's so much scrutiny now, right? We're, we're looking at everything they do. Uh, we're we're over reporting on everything they do, and in fact, it's not as bad as we think. But so that's that's a possibility. Another possibility is they're more of a soup sandwich than we would like them to be. And it's Okta, right? They, they are uh, a unification of so much security, right? We're using them for security and identity. It's yeah, it's troubling. That, that's why LastPass was so troubling, right? Because it's not like Marriott, where it's not their actual job to do security, but for something like LastPass and Okta, it just, it magnifies it when it's bad. And Miter dropped the 14th version of attack. <clears throat> so 
now covers 760 pieces of software, 143 activity clusters, and 24 campaigns across enterprise, mobile, and industrial. And F5 is warning about active exploitation of a critical flaw in big IP. And uh, yeah, 9.8 on the Richter scale for this one. Patch them if you got them. Technology news. So um, there's a new AI OS uh, being talked about. Uh, they're sort of calling it Dot, but it's um, really cool. It's, it's actually got a... I'm going to click through, actually. I'm going to click through and show you. It's uh, got a pretty cool manifesto here. Uh, we deserve better. Uh, while all while advertisements and notifications rain down relentlessly. So I'm talking about having AI actually be able to control and shape how you interact with the world, uh, which I've been talking about a lot, actually. I just wrote a blog post about that. Actually, one of the ones above that I just talked about is about this. Um, so transformer models can simulate human reasoning and finally start to turning our vision of a new world computer into reality or a new computer into reality. And Dot is the first step we're taking towards this future. So automated file management, adaptive intelligence, internet browsing, contextual, multimodal understanding, all these seem really cool. I, the one thing I'm a little worried about with this kind of stuff is um, it's a lot easier to build AI features than it is to build an OS. So if they were like, we're going to put all this AI functionality and we're going to sell it to Apple or we're going to sell it to Android, that would be amazing. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we might be able to get something in our hands. But if they think they're going to build AI functions and AI capabilities and be like, all right, cool, we're done with the product. I guess now we just have to do that pesky little extra detail of building an OS. Cool. Also, what hardware is this going to run on? They're also going to build their own phone. So I'm super worried about how they're actually going to go to market with this other than being on top of an existing platform. But still, very cool idea. DeepMind's co-founder Shane Legg thinks that we've got a 50-50 shot at achieving AGI by 2028. I just released an article. I actually emailed it to everyone as well. So uh, I trimmed my list. So I'm down from like 100,000 subscribers down to like 80,000 now. I cleaned up uh, like 20,000 people. But anyway, that just went out. And it's basically, it's titled, uh, Why We Will Have AGI by 25 to 28. So 2025 to 2028, we will have AGI, in my opinion. And I, I've got a very clear argument in there. Um, I think we're going to have 60% chance by 2025, which is just like, what, a year from now, essentially. And um, like a 90% chance by 2028. That That's my current guess. And he was saying 50-50, uh, by 2028. I think that's way too slow. But he's saying faster than most people, so credit to him. And Toyota is cutting electric vehicle sales forecast by 40%, which is totally insane to me. I really worry that only Tesla is doing well in EVs, which to me, it tells me that either everyone's about to get out of EVs because it just didn't work, and then uh, Tesla ends up looking kind of dumb. I don't know. Or maybe they still have customers. I don't know what that looks like. But another possibility is people still keep moving towards EVs and regulation and everything else moves. 
but like everyone else fails and only Tesla is sitting there successful. And if that is the case, I'm happy I have stock. That's that's what I'll say about that. Plus uh, robots. They roll out some robots, that'd be even better. All right, Fusus or Fusus. I really wish they would rename this. It's a camera feed integration technology. I don't like how I said camera. Camera. Anyway. Can turn any camera in America into a node in a unified surveillance system. Um, so essentially what this means is, okay, a car system, a uh, building on the side of a, uh, or a camera system on the side of a building like CCTV or a home feed from like a ring camera or whatever. Um, and it, I'm not sure if it actually does ring, but that kind of camera. And all those feeds can take, can run a piece of software and it will feed it into this um, larger surveillance system. And then uh, police are going through and they're actually deploying this. And what you could do once you have it is you have all these different eyes all over the place. You could then say, find me somebody wearing these clothes. Um, so <clears throat> it's kind of like the movies and, you know, the TV shows where they're like, ah, show me the city and uh, track the person with the hat or whatever. And uh, Apple confirmed on their earnings call that they're going heavy into AI. Happy to hear this. It, it better come into Siri because Siri needs help, um, which everyone said 10 years ago, and it still hasn't got much better. So I really hope all this AI stuff hits Siri very soon. Hopefully the very beginning of iOS 18, even in the beta, which I will be running day zero as usual. So basically middle of next month, or no, middle of next year, so like June or so. Hopefully, we got some better <clears throat> Siri action going on <clears throat> in uh, iOS. That would be nice. All right, human news. Something is causing banks to abruptly close down people's accounts. So essentially what people are complaining about is they're getting like a letter, and they're like, hey, sorry to inform you. There's been suspicious activity on your account, and we are closing all your accounts. You can no longer bank with us. And then, of course, bills stop getting paid because they get denied. And they're like, why did this happen? What is going on? And evidently, it's happening quite a bit. I don't know if it's just the reporting or if it's actually the incidents are going up, but it's now being reported. And it, it's a little bit scary because you don't necessarily control all the shady activity that comes into your account. Like if, if you go to Kenya, like my aunt just went to Kenya and made a friend over there. So let's say... <clears throat> the friend sends us money, right? And it's like, well, that looks suspicious. We're closing down all your accounts. Well, that that's no good. So these people end up having to take all their money out, go to some other bank. And what if they send them another thing? Well, now they got to do that again. That's insane. Researchers at Northwestern found that after a sleepless night, mice became more aggressive, hyperactive, and hypersexual. I'm listening. <laughs> it basically counteracted depression. Um I wonder what the trade-off is here because there's obviously one because we already know that the lack of sleep is categorically bad. And I'm sure Huberman is all over this. And the U.S. only added 150,000 jobs last month, which is like less than half or around half of the jobs in September. So what's going on there? Maersk cut around 10,000 jobs because there's too much capacity and not enough uh, demand. And that seems bad. And meanwhile, a number of economic markers <clears throat> are evidently trending positive. 
So are things getting better or worse? Who knows? I, I don't know. And unfortunately, you can't ask an economist because they don't seem to know either. Because they always make all these crazy predictions and then you look backwards and like they didn't come true. I feel like e economics is too complex of a system and like the rules that they learn in school for being able to do predictions do not work. All right, ideas and analysis. Got a cool idea here. To find out who rules over you, simply determine who you're not allowed to criticize. And this is by Voltaire, really powerful. To find out who rules over you, simply determine who you're not allowed to criticize. Powerful concept. So you think about it. Who are we not allowed to criticize right now in society? And this argument basically says those are the people in control. <clears throat> Notes. All right, so I just finished David Brooks's new book. Highly recommended. It's called How to Know a Person. Love all his books, and this one's just as good. Currently working on a major open source coding project that I'm doing my best not to tell you about, although I think I halfway violated that by just by saying that. Uh, looking for another developer uh, with skill in React and RAG uh, for the, the company um, I'm building. And Gmail keeps cutting off our newsletters. I'm about to add a link to the very top where you could just click and open it up in the browser. And you could just read the whole thing there. You're not interrupted. None of the Gmail drama. So uh, look for that soon. Discovery, cover your tracks. This is an EFF tool for testing your browser to see if it's leaking data. Arsenal is a quick inventory and launcher for pen test commands. GSEC is a web security scanner exploitation engine based on custom scanners and nuclei. EMBA 1.3.1 is a firmware security analyzer that now includes firmware diffing mechanism. Fine's AI model is claiming to outperform GPT-4 at coding and is supposedly is five times faster. Every time I've seen something say it's as good or better than GPT-4, it has failed. And I've tried dozens of open source models, by the way, and like, it ain't it. So I know that's going to change eventually, but not today. And that's why I'm so focused on just pure open AI, because I only have so much time to mess with the stuff. And the stuff is popping out like every couple of days anyway. So I need to stay focused on one thing. If I just go exploring in all these different areas, like I'll never get anything done. So I've, I've picked a platform, OpenAI, plus I got a bunch of friends there. So it's like, that, that's why I'm uh, always talking about OpenAI, uh, because uh, open source models just have, haven't made it there. LinkedIn is rolling out an AI-powered job seeker coach for premium members. Docus.ai allows you to diagnose medical issues quickly with AI and then verify with top human doctors. I absolutely love this because AI is going to be way better than the doctors. Like everyone knows that at this point, but you still have hallucination issues. So you need a doctor to like sign off on that. And the online creative opposite of TikTok. This is a website with really cool uh, creative challenges. Uh, really cool to place to send like a kid to go work and they could like disappear in there for hours. It's like, construction things, like kind of video game, but more like building things. Yeah, really cool stuff. Morris.ai, it reads your videos and generates everything you need. So you drag in a video to this AI tool and it marks it up 
with all the stuff that you need to put into YouTube. Uh, it does it automatically. Postwise, a tool that creates viral tweets, caricatures of security people. This one is hilarious. It's by Phil Venables. Analyzing threat actor profiles using social media intelligence. This is by Meltigo. Tesla network traffic. The guy sits down with Wireshark and looks at all the different traffic coming in and out. Really cool. Washington, D.C. is giving out free air tags to reduce car thefts. That is both cool and sad that this needs to happen. Cloudflare's R2 is an S3 competitor that charges less per gigabyte of storage and doesn't charge for egress data. Brief rant on Cloudflare. They are doing amazing stuff. They basically find everything that's being done poorly, everything that's too expensive, or everything that's not being done at all. And what they do is they throw out a little service there. Like every time you log into the Cloudflare interface, it's like there's new stuff there. And you keep seeing articles coming out. It's like, oh, Cloudflare now doing this. Cloudflare now doing this. Good example of this is CAPTCHA. They now have the turnstile thing. Um, I, I think that's how you pronounce it, turnstile. Uh, but anyway, it's like automated CAPTCHA. Like it just stutters for a second. And it's like checking your browser. Boom, approved. You don't even have to fill out anything out, like the stupid little puzzles, which don't even work now anyway because of AI. So they just quietly rolled that out a long time ago, and now more and more people adopting it are adopting it. And th the thing about this is they've been doing that for years. So they're slowly accumulating, kind of like AWS or Google, they're just kind of accumulating, becoming the infrastructure for the internet. Uh, really cool business model. They're just kind of like filling in the cracks of the internet and uh, monetizing them, uh, which reminds me, I need to invest. Like, why haven't I bought Cloudflare stock? Hopefully some of my uh, funds already have some in there. Anyway, cool visual showing the hierarchy of AI agent capabilities. This one, uh, my buddy uh, Rezo Joseph Thacker shared. Planting milkweed Milkweed sends an invitation to butterflies. I need to plant some of that. Transmitting energy from star to star using gravity lenses. Not super practical. <laughs> Not as practical as planting milkweed. Uh, I could tell you that. Way more expensive. But uh, change Mac OS to always match the destination style when pasting. I think if you hit option, it automatically does this. I actually did this shortcut and I had to reverse it because it was uh, killing off some links. Uh, a blog is a search query to find interesting people. This is a cool essay. Uh, Got to check this one out. And the last one here is called Quit Your Job. Really, really good. And a recommendation of the week, try adding dedicated quiet time to your life, like an hour or so a week to start. This is uh, a regular habit of many creative people that I've been following and uh, I don't do it enough. So this is like walking, sitting, but just with your thoughts, not with like a podcast or a book or anything like that. Basically, the shower uh, shouldn't be the only place where thoughts bubble up uncontrollably. And if it is, it probably means you're not getting enough quiet time just to let your brain percolate. And the aphorism of the week, which is one of my top 10 favorite aphorisms of all time, to avoid criticism... Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, <laughs> and you won't be criticized, right? To avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. 
Albert Hubbard. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.